Welcome to Poptopia. Welcome to Poptopia, your podcast for all things pop culture. I'm your host, Paul French, and it is Wednesday, December 17th, 2008. On today's show, SAG strike votes set for second day of New Year, Fox just wants to sing and dance a little, and... Whoa, the Earth totally stood still. First off, I'll apologize for that atrocious uh, Keanu impression, but, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, you know, I, I was I was 19 when Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure came out. Y- you do the math. Exactly. So um, let's uh, start off with doing a little, uh, little box office roundup and uh, see what was what. I haven't been here in a while. I've just been very busy with a whole lot of other things. Uh, started a new show called uh, Legion of Substitute Podcasters with some friends. And, uh, and so we've been uh, having a good time doing that and getting that rolled out. Uh, but I hope to, uh, to get back on a regular schedule here. And actually, since we record once a week, what I'm really hoping to do is to, uh, to at the very least, run a show out after we, after we finish, since I'm already set up for recording at that point. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so let's start off with the box office summary. This is for the week, uh, week of the 12th. And... Um, all right, so number five, and this is you know when when I look at the top five here, it tells me exactly why I haven't gone to a movie in uh, in a few months. The last thing I went to see was uh, was Zach and Mary make a porno uh, back at the beginning of November, and uh, so we're well over a month, and I haven't <laughs> haven't felt the need to go to the movies, and um, you know that's probably a problem. Even even Quantum of Solace, I really was kind of looking forward to it initially, and a lot of the early reviews uh, said, "Wow, it's like the board movies again." It's like, oh really. Really? Come on. Um, I, I will catch it, but I'm I'm probably gonna gonna wait until a little later on that one, and uh, and we'll see how that goes. So number five was Australia. So Hugh Jackman and Nicole Kidman, of course, the poster kids for Australia, uh, brought in another four point one seven million for a total of thirty seven point eight mil. Number four was Bolt, seven point four six million for a total gross of eighty eight point eight million. At number three was Twilight. And that's uh, $7.95 million for a total of $150 million. Yes. My wife just started reading the books, actually. And <laughs> one thing she said to me is, yeah, this isn't for you. You're not going to like this at all. So I probably won't go and see it. Um, but, you know, that's what the movie channel's for, right? And number two, Four Christmases. I feel like I've been reading about this movie forever. Uh, there's a... Um, Blake Snyder, the guy who writes the Save the Cat books, uh, has talked a lot about this movie, and this is very much a you know a four quadrant uh, holiday uh, picture. You know, it's it's going to appeal to uh, to males and females of of both of all the major demographics and all that kind of stuff. Um, Vince Vaughn, Reese Witherspoon, hilarity ensues. And number one, the remake, if you want to call it that. Of the day the Earth stood still, Carlos, uh, starring Keanu Reeves, of course, and Jennifer Connelly. Go see it for Jennifer Connelly. I don't know if I go see it for Keanu Reeves. I, I don't know. Um, uh, you know, uh, my my neighbor Terry and I have talked a lot about this uh, this one, and um, I know he's a huge fan of the original. So as soon as I started hearing about this, I was sending him the trailer like, "You got to see this." It really, you know, as far as we can tell, it's it's the the idea. You know, they've they've sort of taken the premise and updated it. So you know, whereas that was all about sort of Cold War stuff at the time, uh, this one, uh, you know, has a lot of uh, ties to uh, you know things like that are going on, like the Iraq War and all that kind of stuff. Because you know, the Iraq War, wow, it's not it, we don't hear nearly enough about that. Well, anyway, so it brought in thirty point five million on its uh, on its opening weekend. So you know, overall, you know, it was pretty successful. So hey, 
I, I don't know the top I find the top the top five of the past week uh, to be fairly alienating uh, then I look down at the bottom and uh, near the bottom and see uh, uh, Gus Van Zandt's Milk starring uh, Sean Penn uh, brought in 2.6 million for a total of 7.59 uh, mil and I just think you know it's a shame you know that the, the good stuff really isn't getting its due uh, and I, you know it's the holidays I guess that's kind of what happens um well uh, nothing like uh like coming back and being all negative so i'm gonna gonna be a little more positive because i'm gonna talk about the movies that are coming out this week uh, which i'm sure are better uh first up is seven pounds uh this one's starring will smith uh rosario dawson and woody harrelson how can you not like that right a professional man, uh, played by Will Smith, who is close to suicide for his role in an auto accident that claimed the lives of seven people, finds a reason to live and to atone when he falls for a woman, Rosario Dawson, who wants to help him deal with his grief. Um, you know, it's one of those uh, feel very depressed and then uh, then very much uh, uplifted. Uh, this uh, reunites Will Smith with his uh, Pursuit of Happiness director, uh, Gabrielle Muccino. And, uh, you know, there's there's kind of a hidden uh, story angle, and that seems to be sort of the, the latest thing. But but really what I like is what Smith's doing as far as promotional tour for this movie. And uh, he's heading through the Midwest with a promotional tour that's also turned into a fundraiser. And he said, you know, really, if there's a message to this movie, it's that you got to help somebody. Even if it's somebody's car breaking down, use your cell phone, something like that. We got to help one another to get the quality of life that we're all striving for. Um, he, he said that uh, he's been feeling kind of out of touch, and he realized this uh, back in November at the end of the election, where his 16 uh, year old son couldn't understand how he didn't know that the election was over already. And he just told him, he just said, uh, You're out of touch. And uh, so he said that the real big thing is, you know, it's cool to have the goal of being the biggest movie star in the world, but why? It's been revealed to me that the question is, whose life is better because you woke up today? And I think, uh, you know, hey, good thing from to, to keep in touch that way. All right, so what else is coming out this week? The Tale of Despero. And this... Um, Basically, uh, banished from his home for being more man than mouse, Despero uh, is befriended by Princess P, who teaches him the value of reading books instead of eating them, as well as a fellow outcast, Rasiro the Rat. Um, the voices are done here. We've got uh, Matthew Broderick, Emma Watson, and Dustin Hoffman, uh, just to name a couple. And uh, when Rasiro is uh, shunned by the princess, however, he plots her kidnapping, putting Despero's human-sized bravery to the test. Um... All right, what else? The wrestler, Darren Aronofsky and Mickey Rourke. Um, basically, with his battle scars and failing heart, retired professional wrestler Randy The Ram Robinson jumps back into the squared circle, climbing his way up to the independent circuit ladder with his eyes on a showdown with his longtime rival. Uh, this one was a big uh, a big hit at the Toronto Film Festival, and a lot of people were talking about this one and um, you know, looking at it as being a real comeback for Rourke, uh, you know, coming off as he did uh, with Sin City. And, you know, this is this really shows off some of his chops. So, you know, hopefully hopefully this works out better for him than some of his past comebacks have. Also coming out from director Peyton Reed is Yes Man. Now, I look at this, and honestly, when I when I see it, it looks like, you know, typical Jim Carrey movie. Like, you know, the, uh, the whole thing with Yes Man is, uh, what it reminds me of is Liar Liar. And so this is uh, basically when you agree with everyone and say yes to everything. Um, 
Carl, played by Jim Carrey, basically he decides he's going to be overly agreeable for an entire year. Now, this is actually based on a book, uh, and I'm not sure if anything has survived between the two, but this is based on a book by a guy who did that. And uh, and it, and this positivity really turned his life around. And um, to the point where his book got made into a big uh, um, Jim Carrey movie. So... I'm not sure, basically, you know, the book seems to me, from what I've seen of it, it looks to me to be very much like one of those uh, five people you meet and have kind of things, you know, and it's it's by a different author, but that's what it reminds me of. And uh, so, uh, you know, people speculating on whether or not anything survived, but really, here's what does it for me. The romantic lead, Zoe De Deschanel. I, I find it very difficult to pass up a movie that's got Zoe Deschanel in it, so... Also coming out, Nothing But the Truth from director Rod Lurie, starring Kate Beckinsale, Matt Dillon, and Vera Farmiga. Uh, Beckinsale plays a reporter named Rachel Armstrong who is given a jail sentence because she refuses to name her source, which is a covert um, CIA operative. Uh, and basically, uh, she had an article on, a, on a, an American missile attack against Venezuela. You know, the, these are one of those things where it's kind of a rip from the headlines kind of thing. Uh, we've had situations like this uh, in, in, the, in the past. And uh, Lurie is really good at doing the political stuff without getting too heavy. Some people may remember, well, maybe at least two of us will remember, um, his show Commander-in-Chief, uh, in which uh, uh, Gina Davis played the, uh, the president. And uh, it was actually a pretty good show. It uh, really got a bad rap. Uh, anyway, so that's what is playing now. That's what's playing, and and this has been a lot of shuffling around, you know. Like for example, Harry Potter got moved um, to uh, to two thousand nine out of two thousand eight, and part of it was, you know, hey, uh, you know, like Warner needed the money after this after the overwhelming and surprising success of The Dark Knight, but really, what a lot of it came down to was they need, you know, they need some temples, and. Um, as we get around to uh, to the summer, we're going to start getting into the stuff, into the production slates that were happening over the writer's strike. And, uh, you know, so there was, there was you know, several months in which nothing happened. It was a 14-week uh, strike, and that slowed a lot of things down, so a lot of things had to sort of get rolling back up again. And... Um, not only did it affect TV, not only did it affect, you know, shows returning and, and all that kind of thing, because basically what happened, people got used to doing other things. People got used to watching other stuff. People got used to not really caring about uh, about the new shows, um, and uh, you know they don't want that to happen in the uh, on the movie side of things, uh, with all the money that's that's at stake there. So a lot of these things got moved around. Well, just when you thought you were out of the woods, of course, uh, the actor strike, and this has been uh, kind of sitting there for a while. Uh, in fact, I remember over the summer listening to an episode of uh, KCRW's The Business. Great podcast, by the way. Definitely worth checking out. Um, and this was actually probably one of the best ones that they've done. Uh, they had the um, presidents of both SAG and AFTRA uh, basically uh, debating the whole situation because AFTRA, of course, signed a contract and SAG didn't, and SAG was really pissed off at AFTRA for going on and negotiating without them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. All kinds of, uh, all kinds of just uh, surus, you know, crazy. Anyway, so they're setting a vote for um, January 2nd. Of course, what comes up uh, a month later is always the Oscars. How did they um, get us out of the uh, writer's strike? 
Well, it was the whole idea of a, a boycott of the Oscars. And of course, the idea of losing the Oscars, you know, that, that scares the studios. That's a big part of what they go for because Oscars tend to equal revenue. And um, but there's also economic concerns to take into into mind here. Um, there was a hundred day uh, writer's strike, you know, fourteen weeks, whatever. <clears throat> and um, you think of the the economy and the situation that's there. A lot of people losing jobs anyway. So you're going to put a whole bunch more people out of work. The Los Angeles economy cost over uh, three billion dollars, and um, you know that's that's pretty crazy. Um, Anyway, so you've got a, a number of Hollywood A-listers who have said, uh, hey, here's how we feel about it. Um, they said uh, they're, they're in opposition to having this strike vote. Uh, George Clooney, Tom Hanks, Alec Baldwin, Cameron Diaz, Steve Carell, Jennifer Garner, Charlize Theron, uh, Matt Damon, Morgan Freeman, and Eva Longoria Parker have are among the bold-faced names that have, said, uh, that have sent this petition to SAG National President Alan Rosenberg saying... Let's cancel this vote. Let's not do this right now. Now is not a good time. Um, you know, basically, they say we feel very strongly the SAG members should not vote to authorize a strike at this time. We don't think that an authori authorization can be looked at as merely a bargaining tool. So it must be looked at as what it is, an agreement to strike if negotiations fail. We support our union and we support the issues we're fighting for, but we do not believe in all good conscience that now is the time to be putting people out of work. On the other side of this, you have, uh, um, you know, another bunch of... Uh, of prominent actors who are going to stand by SAG if it chooses to play even harder ball. Among those, Mel Gibson, Ed Harris, Holly Hunter, Martin Sheen, Sandra Oh, Jerry O'Connell, Rob Murrow, uh, Hal Holbrook, Dixie Carter, Ed Asner, Elliot Gould, Valerie Harper, Robert Hayes, Justine Bateman, Scott Bakula, and Diane Ladd. A lot of those, you know, I don't know they've done that much in the last while. Um, but here's, here's just my way of looking at it. When you're trying to choose sides and you're trying to pick the right side over the wrong side, Here's a, a rule of thumb. If you're sitting there and Mel Gibson is giving you the thumbs up, you chose the wrong side. Because let's face it, Mel Gibson, not exactly um, known for making great choices lately. So anyway, so that's where it stands right now. We'll have to see where, where that all ends up going. But in brighter news, Fox has signed a 13-episode order for the show Glee from Nip Tuck creator Ryan Murphy. And this is basically a comedy about a ragtag high school uh, choir and a teacher who wants to take them to the Nationals. Uh, they haven't set any kind of air date yet, but they're hoping to have the show on air in the spring. And basically, it's set at a high school whose formerly award-winning Glee club has fallen on hard times uh, thanks to a series of scandals. Um, if it's from the guy who created Nip Tuck, I'm on board. It's got to be fun. Um, he's directed the pilot episode, which he co-wrote with Ian Brennan and uh, fellow Nip Tuck scribe Brad Falchuk. So should be lots of fun. And uh, they've ordered additional scripts along with the show uh, for uh, for the show along with this pilot. Should be lots of fun. Anyway, comments as always are welcome at poptopiapodcast at gmail.com. If I don't talk to you before it, have a fantastic holiday season.